Hey guys, welcome to What's Happening. This is my podcast initiative for keeping up with the current affairs. It could be thought of as a podcast version of InShots, wherein I filter out major news items and present it into three segments. Um, the segments would be headlines, national and international news. Occasionally, I would also add SciTech and EduTech news uh, as and when it gains prominence in the news items. Uh, I welcome everyone to today's uh, version of What's Happening. Uh, today is 1st of June. Um, and we have quite a few interesting news items today to cover. Let's quickly jump into the session. So let's go over the Corona numbers for India. Uh, the numbers seems to be very promising. Uh, the total positive cases are also dipping. Uh, let's hope that the same trend continues over the next few weeks so that uh, India could come out of the second wave as soon as possible. Regarding numbers, uh, the absolute number of people that were affected um, for today for yesterday was 1,26,964 people. These were the total number of confirmed corona cases in India. In terms of relative percentage, it is um, around 9% um, of the, uh, so the test positivity rate, number of people turning up positive for a given number of tests per day is 9%. Uh, that is again promising because consistently for the past month, India's TPR was hovering around, uh, you know, uh, in certain states as well as the national average was around 20 percent um, and uh, in certain states it also went over 30 percent uh, this is um, very much promising and uh, um, you know those states that i had mentioned delhi was one of the most important um, region where uh, the test positivity rate touched over 33 percent and now it has been reduced as well so yeah so let's come to the tamil nadu numbers um, with respect to tamil nadu the cases is also uh, dipping and uh, for the past few days, um, Chennai has been showing a consistent decline while certain other districts in Tamil Nadu, uh, they actually showed an uptick um, in the numbers. So, uh, so looking at the absolute number of cases yesterday, it is around 27,936. The test positivity rate for Tamil Nadu is around 17.46%. Um, this was around 20% for the past um, Three days, uh, three days ago, it was around 20%. Now, it has come down to 17.46. With respect to individual district numbers, Chennai is again showing a consistent decline with 2,572 cases. Uh, there was an uptick yesterday for Tirupur and uh, Erod. Uh, that has come down as well. So, today, Tirupur um, is showing 1,384 cases, followed by Erod, which is around 1,730 cases. So, the case number of cases in these districts uh, reducing is very marginal, around uh, 30 to 40 cases. But considering the population of these districts, um, it is, I would say, uh, you know, a significant reduce um, with respect to the past few days. Coimbatore has been shown, showing a consistent decline. So a couple of days back, Coimbatore showed a sh very sharp spike, over 4,600 cases. When the cases were reducing in the capital, the cases in Coimbatore were sharply increasing. That trend has been reversed. And uh, it is around 3,494 cases, uh, which is much less than what was reported a um, couple of days back, uh, I mean, three or four days back, which was 4,600 cases. So overall, everything looks promising. Let's hope we'll come out of this wave. And uh, we, and uh, I urge everyone to vaccinate um, as soon as possible. Uh, again, one more news regarding the vaccination is that the Tamil Nadu government is um, stopping the vaccinations for June 3rd to 5th. Um, in waiting for the supply from the center. It's not very clear. Uh, for sure, the primary healthcare center and vaccination camps would not be conducted. But it's, it is it is to be seen, uh, you know, if this ban 
or if this stopping um, is for private hospitals as well because they have procured their uh, uh, stocks earlier and uh, so they might still vaccinate so that is yet to be seen that's not very much clarified but yeah um, the chances of you getting vaccinated between third and fifth would be very less um, considering the uh, health secretary tamil nadu's health secretary mr radha krishnan's ban um, yeah okay let's go to the headlines uh, we have quite a few interesting things as i said so it i think it might be a bit longer than usual but uh, it 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 sure is to be interesting okay let's come over to the first part um, the gdp um, of india uh, has been shrunk by 7% so uh, the gdp is basically um, is a sum total of output of all the goods and services that the nation produces um, so whatever at the end you do and you earn that comes up in the gdp uh, gross domestic product that has shrunk by 7%, 7% for this um, quarter and uh, i think this is a very uh, you know very bleak scenario uh, scenario like this happened somewhere around uh, you know 1980s before the liberalization and after that uh, you know the growth has been always above the 0% mark and this is the first time um, after uh, last year i mean uh, this is actually the um, uh, you know contraction for the last year it goes around minus 7% it's the first time that it goes to sub zero level um, the imf actually um, predicts a 12.5% uptick next year the forecast this 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 imf prediction is for the forecast the rbi predicts it to be 10% but given this much shrinkage uh, the government has said that it needs to revise these estimates and uh, this might be moderated meaning this might not happen and we might see a maximum of 8 to 9% growth at the worst case provided we don't go through a third wave uh, for the next year the next news item that we are going to see um, would be uh, an interesting argument um, on a very very important topic between the central government and the supreme court uh, the supreme court suomoto on its own um, it had uh, start taken up the petition for a dual vaccine policy that is being followed by the center currently the vaccine policy that's followed by the center is that uh, the center would procure 50% of the vaccines vaccines that are required for the state governments and will give this 50% to the state governments for free of cost um but the remaining 50% um is bifurcated into two the state governments and the private hospitals that are present in those respective states has to um you know uh, have it 25% each so they will have to procure it uh, from the open market meaning um by way of global tenders as done by tamil nadu government and few other governments or um, they could also get into agreements with um, you know the direct manufacturers of vaccines uh, bharat biotech or astrazeneca or even uh, other players like sputnik pfizer moderna etc of course uh, the vaccine should have been first cleared by the uh, drug control general of india uh, and it should be available in india they can float tenders for that right now Uh, sputnik has been cleared uh, for, with emergency authorization and as we know covaxin and covishield have been cleared so these are the only three vaccines that the state can procure as of now pfizer is um, uh, is is still not approved by the indian government um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there nor any other vaccine has been approved um, so so that's that's how it is at this stage um, the liberalized vaccine policy that the government claims were the one that we spoke about 
few seconds back that is creating a problem wherein um, you know pricing of these vaccines uh, differently for different states is going to lead to two problems one it's going to lead to a competition between states and it's going to increase the price of the vaccine ultimately the people who are going to be affected because of this would be the uh, citizens of india wherein uh, you know in bihar um, if if it's manages to assume assume let's assume bihar manages to get vaccine at around 800 or 900 per dose uh, then um you know one that's by the government of bihar would be free because it would have come from the 50% pool but the rest 50% that is procured by the private hospitals in bihar uh, the citizens have to pay something something more than 900 rupees or 1000 rupees um to get the vaccine so uh, right to life um, is actually a very sacred uh, uh, fundamental right that is enshrined in the constitution and if people have to pay and if they are not able to pay for that and they die because of that then uh, that is something that's not entirely right so this competition on states among states to procure the vaccine as well as the price of the vaccine when everything is left to the open market uh, is a concern uh, because again um, india is not um, a developed country it's a developing country and uh, the access to vaccination and lot of things are are still restricted to a set of population the supreme court also noted another important point in this somoto hearing uh, the covid registration mandate for people between 18 to 44 years of course uh, there are certain vaccination camps happening in states wherein people of even 18 to 44 age group can walk in and get the jab but again uh, majority of the population still relies on covid app so uh, the supreme court also questioned the government saying that you know uh you could say digital india but again the penetration of uh digital tools like mobile phone or um, internet is not uh, very much um, high in the rural areas and the people of these areas are also citizens of india so covid is um, you know artificially creating a divide um is the observation of the supreme court and they wanted the vaccine to be equitably available to everyone Uh, the suggestion that's given um, against this policy by experts um, of public policy as well as health economists is that the vaccine procurement should be central meaning the central government should procure all the vaccines uh, from all of the manufacturers so that they could negotiate one price for one nation uh, that is what is uh, observed by the supreme court as well they ultimately want a uh, one price for whole of the nation not um, you know differential pricing between states Uh, that is not something that's that's right even by the uh, uh, even by the federalism uh, with which uh, by which the constitution stands by okay let's go over to the another news item uh, the next one would be uh, sedition something that's related to sedition law um, sedition law um, is basically a few provisions of the indian penal code um that would allow governments to charge um uh, individuals and companies um, when they uh, you know uh, when they talk seditiously or when they um when they broadcast something seditiously meaning that it uh, it endangers national or state security uh, when that happens uh, they could be charged by this law that has a lot of penal provisions So this law has been used um by a lot of governments in not in a very very uh, right manner uh, i mean uh, so criticism uh, valid government criticism has been uh, you know branded seditious by uh, this central government as well as lot of governments before 
So the Supreme Court said um, it it would uh, you know soon uh, give limits to this law. Limits meaning uh, the interpretation of this law uh, will be directed by the Supreme Court in a particular judgment. And going forward, all of the courts and all of the uh, governments of India should follow that uh, interpretation. Uh, because again, um, it has a lot of provisions uh, wherein you could uh, you know you could hold the p hold the person accused indefinite for an indefinite period of time under this law. So these are, uh, you know, uh, something that is not uh, very much in line with liberal policies or uh, human rights a lot of times. So, so that is about, so this came up because um, the YS Jaganmogan Reddy government from Andhra Pradesh, uh, it had initiated sedition proceedings against uh, two TV channels of Andhra Pradesh for reporting on the pandemic. Uh, so uh, that that should not be considered uh, as something that is seditious. Uh, even Supreme Court has clearly stated in a judgment in April 30 that uh, the press reporting on uh, the COVID pandemic or criticisms based on COVID pandemic cannot be brought under sedition law. Uh, it has clearly stated that. Okay. Uh, the next news item would be regarding Lakshadweep. So Lakshadweep is going through uh, sweeping changes because of a new administrator who has been appointed by the center, uh, Mr. Praful Patel. So, uh, Lakshadweep has been a traditionally a Muslim-majority um, island. Uh, it is a holiday destination. However, uh, you know, liquor is not permitted to be sold publicly um, via outlets in, uh, in Lakshadweep. Um, this is in line with, uh, you know, the sentiments of the majority population that's living there, which is 95% of Muslims. So, and... Uh, it has also has had close ties with Kerala uh, because it's on that side of India and uh, the closest state uh, in the Indian mainland uh, near Lakshadweep would be that would be Kerala. Uh, so uh, being that it has also have has a large uh, share of export of beef to Kerala, Kerala being a beef consum consuming state, um, you know, imports large parts of, I mean, not import, you could say, um, it buys la lots of uh, beef from uh, Lakshadweep. So the new administrator has put a ban on beef, uh, which is again uh, causing disruption to the livelihood of a lot of people who depend on uh, beef selling in Kerala. And it has also, uh, the new administrator has also allowed uh, liquor to be sold in the uh, in the island. Uh, this, is, um, this has caused kind of a furor um, on the Muslims, on the Muslim community because liquor is uh, not something that is allowed according to Islam. The other problem is that um, the administrator has uh, unina unilaterally transferred uh, certain provisions of lawmaking like healthcare, animal husbandry from the panchayat, um, uh, you know, which is like um, a community um, of people and the leaders taking decisions um, in cooperation to uh, the administrator himself. Like It's like taking the law into his own hands um, and then uh, and then uh, he is having the absolute power for uh, dictating the laws here. That is also like something that is not uh, very much desired because uh, decentralization of power is one of the important uh, aspects of uh, you know having an effective administration that is also being done by the administrator. So the Kerala parliament has passed a law or a resolution um, to recall the administrator. Uh, so the Pinai Vijayan government has done that. And it will, I believe it will go to the central government with this resolution and press it to recall the administrator or repeal the laws uh, 
anything that would um, you know help reverse these particular uh, problems let's move on to the national news um, in the national news um, again we have um, uh, um, a state central problem uh, uh, one more time so recently mamta banerjee government was re-elected in west bengal with a thumping majority of 200 and around 200 or 200 seats and um, and uh, the chief secretary of west bengal government was alpan bandopadhyay who was a is officer and uh, he was given an extension of over 3 months um, so that you know he can serve the state better um, in the wake of the same government and then can transition um, the powers of the chief secretary to another person but uh, unilaterally the central government recalled alpan bandopadhyay to the central uh, central service um, because um, you know even though he has been given an extension and the government has approved it they have recalled him uh, this started a, uh, a problem because uh, this is not something that has happened before uh, there is no precedent for this so this is like encroaching on the state's park after allowing it to function for some time and then um, you know this this seems to be like kind of a prestige issue between west bengal and the pm so in return to that uh, mamta banerji um, has returned to uh prime minister that you know they will not be sending back alpan bandopadhyay and uh, uh, the latest news is that alpan has resigned yesterday uh, from his post uh, despite the extension and he has been appointed as the chief advisor to the west bengal government so now he does not fall into the ias cadre he uh, is with the west bengal government so th- this this again brings up the discussion about uh, center encroaching on state's power uh, or or state's mandate of power uh, so Uh, you know the main problem is the state has given an uh, extension that has been accepted by the center as well but immediately after the formation of the government uh, because of political reasons most probably uh, the appointments committee of the cabinet which consists of uh, manmohan singh uh, sorry i'm really sorry uh, narendra modi and uh, uh, amit shah uh, the prime minister and the home minister they have unilaterally recalled uh, alpan bandopadhyay that has uh, led to this issue the next news would be around uh, you know dynamite blast um, in a mine uh, in meghalaya has le- left around five people being trapped uh, uh, inside the mine so uh, so they are yet to be rescued and uh, um, the state fire services and the police department has uh, sprung into action uh, to rescue them as soon as possible okay in connection to the suomoto petition that um, we had discussed um, a minute couple of minutes back uh, regarding the supreme court uh, censuring the central central government about certain things uh, the government in that affidavit and in a reply to the supreme court's observations has told that they would be able to uh, vaccinate everyone by the end of the year um, this is this seems to be a very daunting task because um, we don't have enough supply of vaccines adding to that we have around a 94 94 crore adult population to be vaccinated which isn't a very very easy task the supply has to be extremely ramped up uh, to even uh, you know consider a target like this um in connection with that the government is, has also informed the supreme court that vaccine interchangeability meaning that you know you can have the first dose of covid shield and then have the second dose as covaxin something like that uh, how much compatibility is um, and uh, you know what are the characteristics what are the side effects what are the apparent risks these are being studied by the government uh, is what the reply given by the government to supreme court with respect to the that particular suomoto petition okay 
recently we are aware of the um, the oxygen shortage that happened across the country different states were able to pull up uh, i mean pull up different resources and then finally though there were a lot of people uh, dead because of that uh, we were able to somehow manage um, and then ramp up the oxygen supply both in uh, mumbai and delhi where it was the worst and even in tamil nadu uh, the problem started in a very small level uh, few people few people died because of lack of oxygen but again uh, it was soon corrected by the tn government um, and we were able to ramp up the capacity so while while that problem was going on the oxygen to industrial supply across the nation uh, was ordered to be stopped both by the supreme court and the central government as well so that they can divert this oxygen to uh, the needy people uh, on the medical front because uh, life of people is more important than running an industry so so that so that happened so the industrial oxygen supply was uh, cut off completely and everything was used for medical uh, medical purposes so now uh, the demand of oxygen um, a month back uh, was at around 8500 or 8200 metric tons this has come down to over 5200 metric tons today um, as of now so the demand for oxygen is less because of again number of cases is less um, a lot of people have been vaccinated in mumbai and delhi and in other parts of india as well so overall the effect uh, looks good and uh, the government is uh, you know working on to take a decision to give back the industrial oxygen which is also kind of important to certain goods and um, yeah that that's about uh, the situation of uh, oxygen industrial oxygen in india so the another important um, uh, news item and the last one for the national level news would be um, maharashtra the maharashtra state government has blo- has brought socially and economic backward classes of the marathas exclusively under the ews quota so ews is a economically weaker section quota um, for um, everyone uh, that has been introduced by the central government and people who are having uh, who are from the uh, other castes and uh, having a um, annual income of uh, level particular level below a particular level they would come under the economically weaker section quota and uh, uh, previously maharashtra government basically brought in a quota for marathas which was struck down by the supreme court saying this is something that uh, cannot be done it goes against uh, certain principles of the constitution and hence uh, the maharashtra government has taken a short route uh, of bringing them under the economic weaker section thereby ensuring a kind of quota may not be the one that might have been asked by for marathas but again um it does um, you know uh, give some relief to the community as well so we'll have to wait and see uh, or we'll have to explore more on you know how is the quota being distributed now how equitable it is um, right now to understand if this is actually right or wrong uh, that's a discussion for another day uh, we'll quickly move on to international news and then we'll close it off we have couple of news items for international news so in a in a surprise turn of events for uh, maybe you could say uh, the ticket china has introduced something called a three child policy um we might have heard the one child policy of china um, you know creating problems in around 2005 6 itself and uh, china was looking on to solve this problem so in 2016 it actually brought in something called a two child policy it understood that um, you know china china is right now the most popular state in the world and it has been so for uh, quite a few time like around 30 40 years it has been at the top of the population funnel 
uh, china has um, uh, you know introduced one child policy which was an aggressive uh, policy uh, uh, from the deng xiaoping era uh, i believe so from that time um, it has consistently reduced the rate of population not the population as such but the rate of increase has been extremely arrested and um, it understood that uh, or it realized that this was a problem uh, in 2005 6 when it found out that there wasn't a lot of people under the productive population and uh, it kept declining so when a productive population in the country declines the burden shifts on the government to support uh, them when they become unproductive and uh, the taxes and lot of other things that are provided by the productive population um, also declines so that's a problem that they realized and by 2016 they brought in two child policy uh, it seems their uh, estimates have not worked um, according to them and hence now they are bringing in three, three child policy it's not a policy directly but uh, it allows them to have one more child so officially two child policy still exists and china is also allowed to have chinese parents are, is all, are also allowed to have one more child so uh, looking at the numbers uh, the 15 to 59 uh, years of age population in china is around 894 million people which is around 63.35% of the total current population this is down from 6 this is down 6.79% it was close to 70% in 2010 and it has been reduced the 60 and up uh, the population of that uh, particular uh, age group is 264 million or it's around uh, 18.7% of the population this has increased by 5.44% from uh, 2010 in 2010 it was around 13 point something and now it has increased to 18.7% and there is one more uh, uh, the current population of china is 1.41 billion and uh, india is around 1.36 billion uh, the scary news point that we'll have to take from here is by 2025 it is expected that india will replace china as the most populous country okay. uh, the next news would be regarding singapore singapore so singapore has um, decided to inoculate children um, between 12 and 15 years from next week uh, singapore recently saw a minor spike and uh, for around 100 150 cases in certain local areas and they have uh, started to you know uh, lock down the areas in these particular specific areas of singapore not the national level lockdown but again specific areas of singapore have been started to be locked down schools have been closed shops have been open for a lesser amount of time and all that even for a lesser spike so they are starting to aggressively vaccinate children population because there is a very popular perception that the third wave will hit whole of um, uh, third wave will hit whole of the children population in all the countries yeah i think we are at the end of the session uh, this is uh, quite a long session when compared to yesterday uh, but uh, we did have you know few interesting and important items to cover today so until we until i see you next time tomorrow uh, take care and stay safe uh, make sure you get vaccinated whenever possible thank you